You know, this uh, time that we've walked through the last few months, the pandemic has brought all kinds of struggles and suffering, and certainly some of the biggest struggles are the deaths that lots of families have faced and the sickness. But one of the ones that I've been sort of up close and personal with the most is that there's been lots of people who were in nursing homes, skilled care, assisted living, who are used to family coming to visit frequently, maybe even daily, and suddenly that all came to an end, just immediately there's no more visits. And because of that, people who maybe were dealing with some beginnings of dementia or extreme dementia, like they didn't understand why is it that my family doesn't care about me anymore? Why don't they come visit me anymore? It just didn't make sense to them. And you could see health decline. You could see dementia sort of accelerate because of what was going on in the sense of a deep loneliness and not understanding that loneliness. And it happened across our culture in a lot of different ways. So there are people who like had to have a surgery. Maybe some of you went through this. And the family, a spouse, takes them to the hospital, sort of stops at the door, they get out, and the family just drives off and leaves them to go through the prep for the surgery, the surgery, the recovery, maybe a couple days in the hospital, completely by themselves. And there was a sense of loneliness attached to that. Or maybe you've been in your home, and this might be true for some in our online audience, that you just haven't been around as many people, and people don't drop by to see you, and it feels a little bit like you're stuck, and there's a real sense of loneliness. And I think that's been one of the, the common struggles that's been part of this over the past few months. Now, loneliness didn't originate with a pandemic, right? There's lots of people who experience loneliness on a regular basis. Maybe there's a, a death and someone you're close to is no longer with you. Maybe just the circumstances of your life and you feel really lonely because there's not a lot of people around. Now, the truth is not everyone who is alone is lonely, right? I mean, we can, we can sort of want some times of solitude, some times to think, some time to, to be by ourselves, but really I believe that we were made for community. We want connections with other people, and when we don't have those connections, we really feel it. We have that sense of loneliness, and so lots of you may have experienced that at one time or another. Now, here's something that goes along with that. It might feel like this loneliness is my fault. We might feel like, well, maybe there's something wrong with me. I'm not interesting enough, charming enough, attractive enough, cool enough, whatever it is. So people really aren't drawn to me. And because of that, I'm alone. So if we take the loneliness and compound that with a sense of something is wrong with me, it can really be a challenge and a struggle to get through that loneliness. And because of that, we might not want to talk about it. It's one of those things that we might mask. We're in the series we're calling Mask, and we're thinking about lots of things that, like our fear, that we might not want to talk about because it's uncomfortable, maybe even embarrassing, and loneliness might be one of those things because we feel like it's, it's my fault. I don't really want to talk about it. So... As followers of Jesus, who might experience some loneliness, what do we do with that? Today I want us to think about that. And of course we know that loneliness is nothing new. People have been experiencing that since the very beginning. And we even see it, work, see it at work in Scripture. We see it at work 
in, in the lives of some people that we would call like the, the greatest examples of faith in the New Testament, one of the examples of loneliness that we see, I think really clearly, is the Apostle Paul. And if you know anything about the Apostle Paul, you might immediately say, I, I don't even understand how Paul could be lonely. Because like, he's a person who could walk into any town in the ancient world, and before you know it, there's a crowd around him. I mean, he's speaking to people, they're listening in, he's telling them all about Jesus. That's sort of what he did. And here's a guy who traveled extensively in the ancient world. He knew people in lots of towns and cities. If you read his letters, he's always greeting different people. How is it that Paul would ever find himself in a situation where he was lonely? Well, let me tell you about it, because it did happen. We're going to find this in the, the letter that we call 2 Timothy. It's likely, there's lots of debate on this, but the best I can make sense of it, this is probably the last letter that we have from Paul. So when we come today to 2 Timothy chapter 4, we're in the, the really the, the last words that we have from this great example of faith. And what we find here is in 2 Timothy, as Paul writes to his associate in ministry, he's under arrest. He's in Rome. He's facing what may be the death penalty. He's already had one hearing before the Roman authorities. And as a Roman citizen, he would get more rights than a lot of people. He's probably in a time under the Roman Emperor Nero when there was a, a wider persecution. He, he likely was released from the arrest that we see in the book of Acts, re-arrested as Nero was arresting lots of Christians and then killing them. And what we find is Paul in prison and struggling. And, and it's really a poignant way for us to come to the end of Paul's writings as we hear what he's going through. So let's walk through just a few verses in 1 Timothy chapter 4, beginning, I'm going to read verse 9. He says to Timothy, do your best to come to me quickly. Now, it was common in the ancient world, much like it is in our world, when you have someone who is dying, facing death, for family to come in. We do that, right? We know when someone is sick, facing death, family comes in and they visit with them. And it would be true then for extended family. It would be true for like surrogate family. And when Paul writes to Timothy, he's writing to, he calls him in the early part of the book, his son in the faith, okay? They've shared in ministry. They've shared in faith. They've gone through lots of difficulty. And so he's writing to Timothy, basically saying, listen, I may not be here much longer. Please come and visit. Do it before it's too late. Okay, so that's his first plea for someone to come and be with him. Now he explains a little bit about that beginning in verse 10. For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. So Paul sort of goes down this checklist of people that Timothy would have known about. These are all familiar to both of them and talks about how, man, everybody's just gone. Paul's in prison facing death and everyone's gone. One guy, Demas, something about the world attracted him. Maybe he needed to go make some money. Maybe he had family he wanted to visit. We don't know the situation, but we know he's left Paul and gone to Thessalonica. Now, the others that are mentioned, Paul doesn't seem to be as upset with. Um, 
He's got Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Paul may have even sent them to these churches that he visited or churches that he knew needed pastoral leadership. People were always coming and going to Paul. So he doesn't seem to have a problem with them. The only person who's with him is Luke. It's that Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, the writer of the gospel is with him. We know from the book of Acts that Luke was a common traveling companion. And then he asked for Mark. Now, if you know the story of Paul and Mark, you know there's tension between these two men. Mark ends up being the one who writes the second gospel. So he's got one gospel writer with him. He wants another to come and be with him. Early on in ministry, Mark went with Paul and Barnabas on one of their journeys. He deserted them. When it came time for the second one, Paul says, I don't want him coming this time. This guy's a loser, okay? He, he, he just left. Barnabas says, no, let's take him. They have such a sharp disagreement. They go in opposite directions. Paul goes with someone else, Barnabas with Luke. It was really a difficult time. But we find here that somewhere along the way, they've reconciled. They've worked out their differences, and Paul wants Mark with him. He's helpful to him in ministry, and he's not there at this point. So he's got all these people, some gone. Luke's the only one with him. He wants Mark with him. Tychicus he sent to Ephesus to get Timothy. That's the last one on the list. And then he says this, verse 13, this sort of housekeeping stuff. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas. Left the suitcase with some clothes. Bring that when you come. And my scrolls, especially the parchments. Now, Bible scholars have debated for many years. What's going on here? What scrolls? What parchments? Is this scripture? Is this his own writings about scripture? Or these letters that someone else has sent him? It could be a combination of all those things. What we do know is Paul always a student of scripture, always writing, always reading. That goes back from when he's a Christian to before that, when he's a Pharisee learning from the scriptures. He wants his reading material. He's in prison. He's got nothing to do. He wants something to read and maybe even something to write. And so he asked Timothy, bring all the stuff that he's left in Ephesus to Rome so that he can continue to study. And then we come to these words where it begins to get more difficult. Verse 14. <clears throat> Alexander, the metal worker, did me a great deal of harm. Now we don't know exactly what Alexander did. We don't know this person very well from Scripture, but we know that he's caused Paul problems. The Lord will repay him for what he's done. You too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. Now that gives us a key that something Alexander has done has been concerned with a different teaching. And so because of accusations, because he's teaching something different, there's, there's a problem between these two men and a problem for Timothy as well. Stay away from him. He's dangerous. Okay, this is somebody they trusted and now they don't trust. So let's get our picture here. Paul in prison by himself. The only one coming to see him is Luke. He's got one guy, Demas, who found something else that seemed more important than Paul, more important than ministry. He's got Alexander who's openly opposed him. Paul, at the very end of his life, has a great sense of being deserted, of being lonely. And then we read these words in verse 16. In my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. If you've ever experienced loneliness, 
You can hear it in Paul's words here. I had to go to trial. It was my first hearing before the Roman authorities, before the Gentiles, non-Christians, non-Jews. And there was nobody to stand with me. In that moment, Paul was left all alone. And I hear his loneliness calling out to Timothy, asking him to come visit. Here's a man who experienced real loneliness. But then he makes a little turn as he thinks about that hearing. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul says, you know, I, I was lonely. Everyone was gone, but, but God was with me. And at this point, he says, I've been saved from the lion's mouth. Now, that's probably not literal because as a Roman citizen, Paul would not have had to face the wild animals that Rome sometimes used to execute people. It's probably a reflection back on the book of Daniel in the Old Testament where God closes the mouths of the lions to, to save Daniel. But he's saying, I've been saved from death. And God did it. And what he's getting at is, even in the midst of his loneliness and his desire for someone to be with him, Paul still had God. God was still present with him. And you know, as I reflect on this whole passage, here's what I learned. Reach out when you're lonely. Lots of us have experienced loneliness sometime in our lives. And this message, this passage seems to be saying, reach out when you're lonely. And you might immediately say, okay, yeah, I hear you. But you see, here's the thing. I've tried that, and I'm still lonely. People have deserted me. I, I can identify with Paul because I've been through that. People found someone else that was more important, and they left me behind. People decided in the midst of our relationship, like it just completely fell apart, and they opposed me in every way. And that's part of the reason I'm lonely. And, and you're just basically saying, again, it's all my fault because I haven't done it right. That's not my point. My point is, you know, I get it. People are not perfect, right? Even church people are not perfect. And sometimes we get this wrong. We can see this from the ancient church, right? 2,000 years ago, these Christians were struggling with some of the same things that we struggle with today. That sometimes we mess up relationships. We say the wrong thing. We do the wrong thing. And it hurts the people around us. What I'm saying here is, take the risk of reaching out. And you know what? It might be that people will mess up. And you'll go through a time of loneliness again. But what I also know is that since we were made for community, sometimes we get this really right in the church. And sometimes we figure out how to walk through life and we experience joy together and we celebrate together and then we walk through really difficult times when there's sickness or death 
or financial problems or a pandemic or whatever it may be, and we get it right and we depend on one another and we walk through it together. And we overcome some of that loneliness. We deal with the struggle that for many people really is real. You know, that's what I see Paul doing. Paul had been hurt. He'd been hurt by Demas. He'd been hurt by Alexander. And it seems like some of these others may have been hurt too. Now, Paul must have sent some of them away to do work. But in that moment, he was lonely. But what's he doing in this letter? He's reaching out and calling Timothy to come to him. He's reaching out and asking Timothy to bring Mark. Now, is it possible that they failed him? Well, yeah. My guess is they didn't because we got this letter, okay? It probably wouldn't still exist if Timothy hadn't gone to Paul. But he took the risk to do it. And I think there's something instructive for us there. That, yeah, it can be scary to reach out because we might be rejected. We might be turned away. But in the church, that's not the way it's supposed to work, right? We're supposed to reach out to one another. We're supposed to live this life together and depend on one another and go to one another and ask for prayer and ask for for someone to lean on. That should be part of what this is all about. Now we have that in lots of sort of organic relationships that we've developed over the years, and we have that in our life group program. We got that just barely started before the whole pandemic thing began in March. We want to get that started again sometime this fall, so we're working on some of that. But we really need to be connected to one another. And that's what Paul's saying about his life, and I think it's sort of saying the same thing to us, to reach out. But that wasn't the end of it for Paul, was it? Because in that moment, when he felt deserted by the people around him, he knew that God was present. And God gave him strength to face what was really difficult. Now, I'm not foolish enough to think that when you're going through a time of of real loneliness, just saying, well, God's with me, sort of makes all that go away and you feel fine. I don't think that's true. But I do think that God can walk through that with us and God can help us overcome some of that loneliness to know that, yes, God can give me strength to walk through this and maybe it won't make it easy, but it will make it better. It will make me feel not quite as lonely to know that I am never completely alone because the God who created me and loves me and walks through this life, he is always with me and he's giving strength. Now for Paul that meant he had the strength to share the message of Jesus. To these people who didn't know it, even while he's on trial, what he's concerned about is ministry to share Jesus because God is present with him. And I think God is present with you and God is present with me in the same way he was with Paul through his spirit. And so let me encourage you, reach out to other people, but reach out to God when you're lonely as well, because he will be there. He will walk through whatever you've got going on with you. And on that, you can be completely sure. So, can I guarantee that if you reach out to people in church or outside the church, 
they're going to respond the way they should. Nope, can't guarantee that. But I can tell you that's the way the church should work. And I can tell you that that's the way we're striving to be the church. That's the church that we want to be. That's not something we ever get perfect. But we're working toward it. Because we don't want people who are part of the life of our church to feel like they're doing it on their own. Because we share in this together. We are a community. We are the body of Christ. That means we are one. We are connected. You don't have a part of the body sort of existing on its own. It's all one. With Jesus as the head. Jesus leading the way. Jesus directing. And in the midst of that, God, God's Spirit. So let me encourage you. As hard as it might be, when you're lonely, reach out. Let's pray together. God, we know loneliness can be a real struggle, and it's something that we don't, we don't talk about a lot in the church. But it's there. So God, we pray that you'll give us the courage to reach out to our fellow believers to reach out in this community when we're lonely and also to reach out to you because we are sure you'll be there. God, we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and continue to worship.